Welcome to the Gut Podcast. On the paper, neutrophils interact with cholangiocytes to cause cholestatic changes in alcoholic hepatitis. Published in paper copy in Gut in February 2021. My name is Dr. Philip Smith, Digital and Education Editor of Gut and Consultant Gastroenterologist at the Royal Liverpool Hospital, Liverpool, United Kingdom. And I extend a very warm welcome to Professor Nathanson, Gladys Phillips Crowfoot, Professor of Medicine and Cell Biology at Yale University and the Director of the Yale Liver Center, Yale University School of Medicine, New Haven, Connecticut, USA. Professor Nathanson is the joint senior author on this excellent paper. Professor, thank you so much for joining me today to do this podcast, especially at this very difficult time in the world. And congratulations on your excellent paper. Firstly, could I ask you to explain the background to your study and why researching this area is so important? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you very much for kindly inviting me to discuss this work. I think every gastroenterologist and hepatologist knows that uh, alcoholic liver disease and alcoholic hepatitis in particular is a very serious medical problem. But in the past few years, there has been a few publications that have brought into focus exactly what the magnitude of this uh, medical problem is. So it's uh, recently been uh, published that among people that are in their late teens and early adulthood, uh, alcoholic uh, alcoholic liver disease is the leading cause of preventable death worldwide. And similarly, another publication uh, recently uh, reported that um, among people that are young adults, uh, uh, deaths from cirrhosis have been increasing by over 10% per year. And this is virtually entirely due to alcoholic liver disease. So alcoholic hepatitis, I'm sure you know, is in certain ways the most severe form of alcoholic liver disease because of the very high mortality that can result from it. And despite how common it is um, and how lethal it can be, the only medical treatment that's a proven benefit is steroids, which was introduced 40 years ago. So the motivation for this study was to try to better understand whether there are better treatment options for something that's so common yet so lethal and that has such limited uh, treatment uh, options that are currently available. Thank you. I, I mean, I work in Liverpool in the United Kingdom and it's a huge problem for us. Um, what are the, the new findings that your study um, has found? So to answer that, let me take a step back and say that as the name alcoholic hepatitis implies, most people believe that the problem is hepatocellular damage uh, in, in alcoholic hepatitis. But in reality, several recent studies, including other work, uh, previous work by our group, suggest that in addition, cholestasis is a common feature in alcoholic hepatitis. And moreover, there's evidence that the presence of cholestasis and the degree of cholestasis may relate to disease severity. And uh, as you also probably know, uh, cholestasis can result from hepatocellular damage, but often it instead reflects uh, something that's involving the cholangiocytes or the, the bile duct epithelial cells. And so we wanted to understand whether and in what way uh, bile duct damage was responsible for the cholestasis that occurs in, 
in um, alcoholic hepatitis. Now, I think that uh, most people understand that neutrophils are involved in the pathogenesis of alcoholic hepatitis. And in fact, uh, if you examine liver biopsies from patients with alcoholic hepatitis, the presence of neutrophils in the hepatic lobule is one of the diagnostic criteria uh, for this diagnosis. But we asked uh, sort of a different question. We wondered whether neutrophils also could be interacting with the bile ducts, that is with the cholangiocytes. And so we made some clinical observations that suggested that this was occurring, and then we made some basic observations to complement the clinical observations. So first, let me mention the three clinical observations that we made uh, based on biopsies from patients uh, with diagnosed severe uh, alcoholic hepatitis. Uh, first, we found that indeed, uh, neutrophils were commonly in physical contact with bile ducts in patients with alcoholic hepatitis, something that despite uh, how often these biopsies have been examined in previous years, it's not something that's commonly realized. Second, we found that the, the number of neutrophils in contact with the bile ducts was correlated with certain biochemical parameters of cholestasis, namely the uh, serum alkaline phosphatase and the serum bilirubin. And then finally, we also found that in every patient with alcoholic hepatitis that had uh, histologic evidence within the hepatic lobule of cholestasis, there also were neutrophils in contact with the bile ducts. So this then suggests that this is something that is commonly occurring, that is neutrophils in contact with bile ducts in patients with alcoholic hepatitis, and it furthermore seems to correlate with indices of cholestasis. So then to understand the pathophysiological significance of this, we performed some in vitro studies, and we found that indeed neutrophils are able to bind directly to cholangiocytes. And in fact, we found that they bind through um, intracellular adhesion molecules on the surface of the neutrophils that bind to integrins on the surface of the cholangiocytes. This then activates a signaling cascade in the cholangiocytes that decreases expression of the machinery that's responsible for secretion from the bile ducts, that is, it leads directly to cholestasis. And then finally, we found that neutrophils from patients with severe alcoholic hepatitis were more potent at inhibiting secretion from the cholangiocytes than neutrophils from normal controls. So overall, the study, I think, established that indeed neutrophils can and do bind to bile ducts in patients with alcoholic hepatitis, and that the resulting effect seems to be uh, uh, cholestasis. Thank you. That's, that's very clear, and it's, it seems that neutrophils are clearly very important here. And um, how do you think um, your paper might impact, therefore, on clinical practice in the foreseeable future? Well, at least in the short run, I think there's three different ways. Uh, first, for the practicing uh, gastroenterologist or hepatologist, I hope this will increase the appreciation that evidence of cholestasis, um, that is an increase in serum alkaline phosphatase, for example, um, is something to be on the lookout for and that this may indeed relate to uh, the possibility that the patient is going to have a more severe clinical course. Uh, second, uh, we're hoping that this will increase uh, understanding by liver pathologists that neutrophils are commonly in contact with bile ducts uh, in patients with alcoholic hepatitis. And in fact, the degree to which this is happening may also relate to, to disease severity. And then finally, 
this suggests, and if this is borne out by, by a further and perhaps larger studies, this suggests that the degree of cholestasis as measured by these parameters um, is high, uh, then perhaps uh, these patients should be considered for some sort of uh, clinical trial or intervention that will decrease neutrophil cholangiocyte interactions and thereby hopefully um, decrease cholestasis. Thank you. Again, that's very, very clear. So how might this study therefore impact on research priorities in the foreseeable future, given what you've just said? First of all, I think we would need to understand whether um, improving the cholestasis really will improve outcomes, and that will um, require a, a way to adequately prevent these cholestatic changes from occurring. Now, there already are um, uh, pharmacologic agents uh, that can block um, integrins, and in, in fact, um, they're commonly used in, in um, IBD. And so I think it could potentially be quite informative to see whether these sort of um, uh, monoclonal uh, integrin blocking antibodies uh, would similarly have a beneficial effect in severe alcoholic hepatitis. That is, whether they would block neutrophil cholangiocyte interactions and thereby uh, uh, decrease or prevent cholestasis. Now, um, in addition, I think our work has outlined a series of steps in the signaling pathway that links from uh, uh, binding of neutrophils to cholangiocytes to ultimately the decrease in expression of calcium channels that are responsible for secretion. And so then this identifies a number of other potential targets uh, that could be blocked to have the same effect. And then the final area for research would be to understand exactly how neutrophils in patients with alcoholic hepatitis are becoming activated, that is more potent in interacting with cholangiocytes than control neutrophils. And we've uh, begun to examine that in our paper, but I think that um, I think that, that uh, also would benefit from further uh, study so that we could understand how to prevent neutrophils from becoming activated in this fashion. Well, that's fascinating. Thank you very much, um, uh, Professor. Um, for, for that explanation. It's very clear. It sounds very exciting as well. Um, thank you again, Professor Nathanson, for doing this podcast today. Um, and again, congratulations on your fantastic paper being published in GUT. For our listeners, the link to um, this excellent paper is underneath this podcast. And please do continue to, to listen to our podcast in the future. Take care of yourselves and thanks for listening. <laughs>